what are you using to decide who this title belt is going to? If I had to wrap it up in a sense, it's someone that was able to capture the zeitgeist in a way that transcended rap, but in a grand champ kind of way. So transcends rap, but you feel like that guy really won the year. You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. Yeah, so I do... Uh, whose idea was this? Was this your... Was this just like a mutual thing? We were like, we need to talk yeah, about this or so what? We, we looked at... I sent you the complex list last year. Yeah. Right? So we looked at that, and then we emailed people from complex to come on the podcast, and then mm-hmm. no one got back to us. Because um, we wanted to do an episode last year where we talked about trends that we saw on the list. Yeah. Um, and then we, then we I think we decided, because I think it was like a, maybe March or April, April, we decided we wanted to look back at 2016 and say, okay, who was the, who was the belt winner for this year? Yeah. So we're talking about the hip-hop title belt. Is that what we're calling it? Is that the title belt? Yeah. Is that it's my... It's got to be like like wrestling, right? Yeah. It's like professional Champ. wrestling. You got the big belt. Right. And what we want to know is who holds it at the end of the year? Who earned that belt? Right. Who used the folding chair and just went at it? And they're they're the one left standing at the end. Who it, is who is the grand champ as yeah. uh, the fabled DMX album once <laughs> and I think DMX. I think DMX was the winner. Yeah, that's the end clearly of the DMX was the winner this right. year. Um, as long as that Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer video still exists, he's, <laughs> he's always holding the title. Though. Fun fact: I went to a DMX concert this year mm-hmm. uh, and did seven shots before, and I don't have a great memory of that concert. Interesting. Just I, a little quick aside. Yeah. Do you uh, have any regrets about that, or mm-hmm. that's how you wanted it to play out? It's how I wanted to experience okay. DMX in 2016. <laughs> So we're talking, we've got this title belt conversation. We kind of talked about it last year, just kind of reflecting on how Complex went about making that list that they did, which was really such a, I, I looked at it uh, this week again. It's just such a great piece of work. Like yeah. so much, uh, I don't know, just so much care went into putting that together. And now that another year has passed, we want to look back at 2016 because they haven't updated it. I haven't really heard anybody say anything to this effect. So we want to give our take on the past year but before we do that i feel like we at least need to give a quick recap of what we liked in hip-hop in 2016 i know we'll probably have a little bit of crossover but i think that you i think there might be one crossover but i think we might have different thoughts overall i don't know what were what were like i guess as an example what were your three favorite rap albums last year so my favorite rap so i think it's difficult. The one thing, the one hiccup in this conversation is really love the new Run the Jewels album, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I've had enough time with it to say yeah. if that cracks the top three, and it very well could. Um, my three favorite for last year would be coming in at number three, um, Tribe Called Quest, number two, wow. uh, Chance the Rapper Coming Book, and then and then number one, The Life of Pablo. Yeah. Kind of and- for the win. Yeah, a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people put Kanye near the top. Now, if you read. Our website, It's All Dead, you'll notice that 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 album didn't make our end-of-the-year list, which is a collaborative effort. So there's a lot of... If it was just my list, it would have been on my top ten, absolutely. Um, But the way we do it, it, there wasn't room for it. And, like, literally the week that we were putting that together, 
you know, he shows up at Trump Tower. There was just too much going on, and I didn't probably handle it right. But I, it's hard. It's complicated. Had he dabbed at Trump Tower, though, you think that would have changed? That really, it? I think that would have probably done it for me. I, I, if you know, get that element in there, and right? Boom. If he, if he dabs in front him, of absolutely. Paul Ryan, it's, he's looking at the one spot. I think for sure. So, top three for me. Um, is going to I'm trying to decide on number three actually like on the spot because I'm rethinking I'm going to go one two three number one was Chance the Rapper a guy that before 2016 I didn't really care that much about album of the year for me coloring book was incredible uh, two was a tribe called Quest um, you know they were sort of the I mean not even sort of they were the the group that got me into hip hop to begin with and to have the the comeback that they did i mean even like there was so much with five passing the album dropping the week the trump on the election the message of the album i know feeling like it had been written in the aftermath even though it had been written months and months prior uh it was just so much power to that album um so that's that's clearly number two for me and i guess for number three i'll go life of pablo i mean at the end of the day it's it's a great album i've been listening to it this week i've been doing a lot of I do this thing before I can really get into 2017. I spend a lot of time going back to my favorite records of 2016 yeah. or the year prior and kind of working my way through. And you know, The Life of Pablo is a great album. There's there's no doubt about it. I was trying to think of some of the ones that were kind of honorable mentions. Um, certainly Run the Jewels could, could crack the top three for me, you know, if we're thinking five years out of the ones that dropped in 2016. Um, I still love the untitled uh, Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. eight tracks that release. Yeah. I really love Schoolboy Q's album this year. Um, I thought Drake was fine. I didn't think it was terrible. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know. But I can't think of too many other rap albums that right. that kind of, because I mean, really wouldn't classify Charles Gambino as putting out a rap album. So. Right, yeah, that was the thing. Um, I was, my Probably one of my biggest, one of my most anticipated, it was on our, our list of most anticipated actually last year, was Charles Gambino. I was expecting rap album and we got something completely different which is right. awesome yeah it's I, cool. I love it for what it is but it's definitely not at all what anybody's expecting certainly wasn't the follow-up to because of the internet that we, we thought we might get right yeah so um quickly on run the jewels i've really enjoyed it um i know that you were a big uh, part played a pretty large role in me uh giving run the jewels a fair shake because i feel like i didn't at first um They've really grown on me a lot. The new album is great. And it shows you how much they just don't give a shit yes. to drop the album on Christmas. Yes. In a complete no man's land because now, like, nobody's the end of the year lists are out right. for 2016. They're not probably going to be complete, included on anything 2017. They didn't even, the album's not even for sale until, like, later this month in January. Like, they just don't give a shit. And I kind of love that. I, I absolutely love that. I mean, they, and it feels very on brand. Yeah. Um, they seem to be uh, uniquely interested in connecting with their fan base on like a personal level. Yeah. And uh, what a great strategy for... I mean, I'm sure they're not thinking of it like a business strategy, but like, what a cool thing to do for a group that like is probably making all their money from touring anyways, you know? Yeah. How many people had their headphones on at like their family's house or their in-law's house playing Run the Jewels on Christmas Day? Talking about baby Jesus killing Hitler. There's probably <laughs> a lot of... A lot of weird stuff happening yeah. this day. What a great day. Well, <laughs> so yeah, we kind of, that was, it's a really interesting thing that I feel like the conversation around 2016 centers on 
a very select group of people. Yeah. We don't have a wide swath of people in my mind to consider for the title belt. Um, whereas, I mean, in some of the past years, I feel like there was a lot to choose from. So one of the things I struggled with with the complex list is I felt like they were using a different set of barometers to decide who got the title belt than I was. Ah, so let's Which see is your, why, yeah. like, 2015, I think they gave it to Drake. Sure. And in my mind, it's like, how is Kendrick Lamar not have the title belt for 2015? But they're using a completely different set of rules to decide that. Right. So, and I don't even know if we've, we haven't really decided. Let's hash them out. So what, when we're getting ready to talk about this and we're both going to make our case for whoever, what, what are you using to decide who this title belt is going to? If I had to wrap it up in a sentence, I've been thinking about this a lot since we talked about this podcast. It is, and I think you'll know where I'm going when I, when I lay out the criteria, but it's someone that was able to capture the zeitgeist in a way that transcended rap, mm-hmm. but in a way that felt like in a grand champ kind of way. So transcends rap, but you feel like that guy really won the year. You yeah. know? Um, there may be some other people, other contenders that transcended rap, but maybe not in the in the same glory yeah. as, as some of the other competitors. I'm right there with you. And this is that's what I struggled with with the the complex list is that cuz like if we're just going on name recognition and album sales and who was like the most visible figure, then once again we're giving the title belt to Drake in 2016. But the problem with that is that I don't feel like anybody that really loves hip hop really talked about Drake that much this year. I mean, he put on an yeah. album that was lackluster for him. Uh, it was lukewarmly received critically across the board. And yeah, it sold a ton. It set a bunch of streaming records. But like nobody's talking about handing Drake a title belt figuratively, right? You know what? And, I, and I'll go ahead and project what my feelings on the complex since none of them agreed to come on the podcast. But um, I almost feel like last year, if you, if you think Drake had the title belt, it was almost a case where it's a weird thing to say this about someone in their late 20s, but he got like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Because there's mm-hmm. never been a year. We talked about this on the, on the podcast before. Yeah. There's never been a year where Drake has just killed everyone else, right? Where he's had the best album, or he's the best lyricist, or the best production. Like he's always the silver medalist. And last year, as goofy as it is, Hot Blind Bling was such a thing that it was like he sort of shot up into the culture in a way that he hadn't before. Yeah. And I felt like that was like 2015 was the one year. It was like when Carl Malone won the MVP. <laughs> it was like this is the one year he can do it. Let's go ahead and give it to him because it's, it's you know it's never going to happen again now. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um and the I, and I I understood why somebody can view it that way. The problem was to me pimp to pimp a butterfly was like one of the great hip hop albums in recent memory ever. And yeah it was so relevant. Like, that album was custom-made for 2015. You know what I mean? Like, you couldn't have released a better album in 2015 and a more relevant and important album than To Pimp a Butterfly. So when Hotline Bling ends up outshining that message and what Kendrick was able to do talent-wise with that album, that's why it, I think it bristled me so much, you know? Well, um, you know, he danced and it was charming, so that's my, <laughs> you know, I'm going to counter your argument. Exactly. Of course, yeah, I mean, Kendrick had the best year. That was crazy. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna jump into this and talking about 2016 and I've ever since we've talked about doing this podcast I've been trying to find a way in my head not to do this because I just I was worried that I wasn't thinking about it right but no matter which way I come at it from 
uh, Chance takes the title belt in 2016. And I, I'm almost convinced that Chance stepped up and snatched it at that Yeezy Season 3 Madison Square Garden Life of Pablo stream thing yeah. that happened. Because when Ultralight Beam dropped and his verse came on, everybody goes, oh, this is Chance on track one. Oh, my God. Yeah. As that track progressed, I feel like it was over. And then to add Coloring Book on top of that, like you go from this guy that was kind of an indie darling, I guess. I mean, you know, Pitchfork liked him, and but you know, I, I know you and I had conversations. I didn't really care for him. Didn't right. really see what was there. To me, giving saying you know he had one of the greatest albums of the year and one of the greatest. I mean, not even one of the, the best verse of the year. Like he went household name in the blink of an eye. Like and he was and he was the most likable person of 2016, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I remember when Acid Rap came out. Um, we were like, oh yeah, this sounds like something people would listen to in college. Mm-hmm. And then um, he had a great verse on Action Bronson's last album. But other than that, I was like, this guy's fine. Like, this, yeah. this is just this sounds like someone who doesn't have a lot of experience making albums, right? This sounds yeah. like someone who's kind of figuring out who he was. So we would this time last year, we wouldn't have even guessed that. He would have a chance of making Kanye's new album, let alone right. putting out what was arguably one of the best albums of the year. Yeah, I I still remember us talking on one of those Kanye podcasts because Kanye tweeted something like, "Can't release the album." Chance says Waves needs more work or right. something like that, and it's just like blame what Chance. Is, what's Hashtag happening blame right Chance. now? Like it was so weird. Like it was so weird how quick it happened. And a lot of that's like the power of Kanye, right? Like he gave this guy a platform like he's done with so many people in the past like literally put the spotlight off of himself onto somebody else we saw it with Nicki Minaj I mean this has happened a lot and I don't know what it is with his ability to find the right place in the right time to elevate these voices but he's incredible at it so what is it 32 bars that he has Mm -hmm. on ultralight beam yeah like who is even allowed that kind of space on someone else's album on the first track yeah I don't know. I don't know who who that is. I mean, no. Jay on a Kanye no, album? that wouldn't happen. No way. It's just crazy. Um, so you've got the, the ultralight beam verse, and then, of course, coloring book being uh, just reinventing and reintroducing chance to all of us, and then in, a proper introduction to, like, the whole world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because so many people now... <laughs> know who Chance the Rapper is and uh, and he didn't even sell the album you know yeah so if we weren't going to give it to Chance I did want to talk about a couple people like the I guess kind of land in the honorable mention pool and this is one that I think that you might disagree with but I feel like Q-Tip has to be oh yeah in the mix no, right no I don't disagree with that at all and I think um, Q-Tip comes in to, if, if we were to to put a list of like the top five I feel like Q-Tip would crack my top five probably be number four um, what was so interesting about Q-Tip is um, how much that album felt like a Q-Tip produced album um, and how unexpected it was that they were going to hit a home run with this. If you would have told me last year that A Tribe Called Quest was going to have one of the best albums of the year, one of the top three albums of the yeah. year, I w- or if you would have told me that they were making an album, I would have gotten pretty nervous. Yeah. And to have them come out with the result of one of the best albums of the year is, is pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's dangerous all the way around. Come back 18 years later, uh, there's a lot of legacy on the line, and especially after Fife passed. I mean, right. there was a lot of... I was excited, but I was... 
I was a little hesitant too of wondering like what is this going to do how is this going to change my my view of them well not only I mean was it gracefully put together uh every guest every everything about it was a was a perfect Tribe Called Quest album with the added weight of being the first musical voice up to the plate after Trump yeah you know what I mean and it was kind of perfect. I, I, the way it played out, I wouldn't have really wanted anybody else to have that voice in that moment. You know, the Tribe Called Quest album is exactly like Creed last year, where it's like we thought we like the Rocky movies were great. Like we probably <laughs> like you know they kind of tailed off at the end, mm-hmm. and like we probably thought we'd seen what we'd seen of the Rocky movies, and then all of a sudden there's a new Rocky movie, but it's different and it's fantastic. Yeah, and that's the end of the comparison. It's <laughs> a really good comparison. I. Couldn't have done it any better. So who else is in, who else is in this mix? Kanye's in the mix. Is Kendrick in the mix with Untitled Unmastered? Does that so. does that put him releasing your leftovers? You know, he didn't really have what was his big moment of the year. He was pretty silent the rest of the uh, year. Grammys. I mean, he oh, had yeah, like one of the greatest really Grammy performances of all time. That's a good point. I forgot um, about that. And Not the performance, the fact that it happened last year. And he released his leftovers, yeah, but people reacted like he just dropped a new album. You know what well, I mean? Like it was, the there was a week there where it was wild. Oh, yeah. Then the leftovers, that was one of the best albums of the year. You know? Yeah. So I feel like he's part of it. We're excluding Drake from this. Is that right? We're just saying, sorry, Drake. Views sucked. You are not a part of this Drake right now. is just sitting over... Uh, Structure overlooking the world, wondering why he's not having the belt again. Is uh, is Schoolboy Q on here? Is mm-hmm. he great no? album? But no, I mean school. I think Schoolboy Q proved this year that he can make good albums, and that's probably the extent of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who else is Who else is on your list? Birdman. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Someone that <laughs> transcended rap. <laughs> Kyle. Can we officially put respect on Birdman's name? <laughs> we absolutely. Can we officially can. put respect? We are putting on, respect on Birdman's I'm name sorry, on the It's All Dead podcast right, right now. Absolutely, big timers. Um, it's our turn. A a big one for me this year because this year was dominated by the presidential cycle. Mm-hmm. Because there wasn't much rap leading up to the presidential um, the, the the election that addressed it. Um, Killer Mike's role in the election, yeah, and ultimately dropping um, one of the great albums of the year. At the end of the year, Killer Mike to me um, was really up there, and probably my number three if I'm thinking about people that were competing for the belt this year. Yeah, I mean he was he was huge. He was like the voice that people like anybody that was a progressive liberal Democrat was looking to, which is incredible. You've got Killer Mike like sitting there with Stephen Colbert, yeah. explaining to him like the the nuances of of what it means to be that voice. And um, someone who I often find my, especially uh, after the Democratic primary, found myself disagreeing with a lot. And I think he has some pretty uncomfortable political views mm-hmm. um, that contrast with his fan base. But you know that that guy is not afraid to be a voice, and he's a very important one. And yeah. they continue to be close to the center of rap plus that photo with bernie sanders where they were making the the run the jewels symbol was probably my top moment of the it year it was my twitter avatar for like four months so. <laughs> it's perfect so this is crazy because we didn't talk about this beforehand i was expecting you to talk me out of chance but we're both in agreement here like well, this yeah 
the thing for me was when I look back at Chance, Chance had a great album. That album came as a surprise. Um, what I worry about with Chance is that this guy's almost too much of a consensus builder rather than um, someone who really is interested in, in having a unique voice. But I went back and re-listened to Coloring Book. That album is saying so much. And mm-hmm. even though he maybe doesn't have a style that's distinct, or maybe he's not um, an incredible producer of music like a Kanye West, um, he really is making music his way and was just so universally loved that it's hard to overlook the greatness of that album. Then when you add in the two Saturday Night Live performances, yeah. which for me were really <clears throat> the, the thing that pushed it over the top, um, and you add in that concert festival that he threw in Chicago, yep. it's hard to say that those three criteria doesn't yeah. make, doesn't make him the runaway winner of the year. Yeah, just like you talking about the zeitgeist, he was clearly at ground zero this year. I mean, it, it all kind of pointed towards him. And it's cool that that Saturday Night Live performance um, was literally like the passing of the torch. I mean, yeah. He's going to dominate. And I think, you know, in... Um, uh, Kanye's talked about this. Like, he is going to dominate rap over the next 10 years. Um, like, I don't think anyone else really has a chance to other than Kendrick Lamar, right? You can almost see a reality where um, they trade albums over the next few years, and it's just, it's the best two. Kind of how people thought that ASAP Rocky and Kendrick were going to be like Jay-Z and Nas. You can kind of yeah. see those two being... Well, let me... That's a really interesting point, and it's fascinating because Kendrick and Chance have such different voices. Yeah. They have a similar message, but their method of delivery is completely different. Wildly different. Um, Because what I was going to ask you is, you know, when we looked at that complex list, you would see a lot of it was expected, but you'd see these weird things, right? Like, all of a sudden, like, 2004 TI, right? And, you know, who cared about TI after that? Or even DMX had that big kind of span in like 98 99 um there are these little one-offs it's like a blip on the radar and then it vanishes is there any chance of that with chance we're like in five years we look back and like man that was weird how in like 2016 all of a sudden chance was just the guy well you know the, the interesting thing about chance is um he approached that album in, in, in a way that was um complicated but overwhelmingly positive right mm-hmm. and if there's one thing that I would think would threaten his career, it's just that rap is not, rap is competitive. Rap often comes out of conflict. Mm-hmm. Rap isn't usually something that gets you fired up to go to church. And yeah. I don't know if, if the the mood of coloring book is, is, is something you want to replicate over five more albums. Sure, yeah. Um, but if you've seen um, like some of the songs on that album or... Like I love, I did love how spiteful and angry his verse, and how hilarious his verse is on Action Bronson's last album. Um, I think he's got the flexibility yeah. to take his music in many different directions. Fair point. So, since there's a couple of the things we want to talk about on this podcast, let's jump into looking ahead to 2017. I feel like this is, going into 2016, we knew exactly what we were looking for, and Kanye was kind of the the first mark on that list. But there was there were things to expect. Uh, a lot of unexpected happen, obviously, but we kind of had an, a feel for some things that might happen. When I look at 2017, I don't know. Like, I, I, know. I thought Run the Jewels, but that's already happened. 
Uh, I mean, is Kendrick going to have another album? There's rumors of that Kendrick J. Cole collaboration thing they've been working on. Please, is, God, don't tell me that this is going to happen. Please just let Kendrick release another album. Or Wait, is that Drake and J. Cole? I hope it's Drake and J. Cole. I think it's Jake and, Drake and J. Cole. I'm sorry. I know I J. Cole that. has produced for Kendrick before, so... Well, whatever the case, we don't have any firm thing of, like, we know we're, that this right. is coming. We don't know anything. Right. Childish Gambino's off um, making Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. There's what do you be, want out of 2017? I just love a new Kendrick album. Yeah, that's all I want in 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 a year. Well, I guess that it, it makes sense to bring this up because you had uh, texted me earlier this week about how we don't really, you know, we had that Tribe album that dropped, you know, the week of the election. Outside of that, we don't really have that voice right now that's kind of carrying the i don't know what you want to call it the the political conversation right. in hip-hop like we've had in the past with a, a chuck d or um i mean hip-hop's past is littered with different voices that are speaking against whether it be an establishment uh, a political regime I mean, right during the bush era uh there was a lot of a lot of voices yeah. speaking there even kanye sure like who is that voice we need that voice now. Like that, we clearly in 2017, somebody's voice is going to have to come up and take that role. Right. Like and, who is it? And you don't. I mean, Q-tip is the most adept at doing it, but you don't want someone who's 45 being that voice, yeah. right? It's in rap music. I mean, who's who's to say there will be another Tribe album? Um, mm-hmm. Kendrick is definitely the um, most politically active in his music, but everything for him, politics is personal, right? He's not one to really take aim at people. Right. He's not one to really stand up. I mean, he stood up, certainly has stood up. I shouldn't say that. He certainly stands up for specific issues. But um, his 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 politics are a little more um, interesting than, than yeah. you know, I don't know. On his music, he cuts a pretty wide swath. Right. There's a lot of ambiguity there. The mm-hmm. message is clear. But in terms of, like, some sort of political message, it's pretty gray. I don't know if... You could draw some sort of right. I don't know what you would draw from it. And so, Killer Mike is kind of left with one of the you know he's an older guy, but very much kind of in the in the mix of of current hip hop. But Run the Jewels just doesn't have the same megaphone that a Kendrick Lamar has. Yes. Um, what if Drake becomes a great political rapper? <laughs> it's hard to imagine. It's yeah. really hard. And look, a Canadian's not going to come in and tell us how to run our political system. <laughs> I'll be damned if that happens. I mean, is this just like a chance came out of nowhere? Is there somebody we're not even thinking about? Is like 2017 seems like the perfect time for somebody to step up into yeah. that role and be embraced who's that we weren't quality? expecting. Yeah, who's the, or is it going to be like an immortal technique? Who's or, you know, Killer Mike is sort of like the, the immortal technique. So, is there someone that's going to be um, that's going to have a big political album in 2017? I don't think so. I hope we're I hope we're talking about this a year from now and we're we're surprising you know we're surprised. Yeah. Yeah, and I anything is in play at this point. Um is that one of the things for you uh I guess as you were growing up and and getting into hip hop what was that something that drew you to that? Yeah. So when um I so I started liking hip hop in the late 90s and just loved like the songs that you would here on the radio so a lot of Jay-Z a lot of DMX mm-hmm. a lot of Nelly and then like old Tupac albums um, when College Dropout came out and you got I got greater exposure to Talib Kweli 
and most death, which then leads to dead prez, which then leads to a mortal technique and MF Doom. That was when I really like rap became such an important piece of art in my life, rather yeah. than something that was like a good background music to shooting hoops too. I think this makes a lot more sense of conversations that we've kind of I don't know, danced around the edges of in the past of our experiences with hip hop. Here's the thing for me. The first two hip hop albums I purchased were A Tribe Called Quest and Public Enemy. Like my introduction to hip hop was like very conscious, very yeah. political hip hop. And I dove headlong into that. Like in high school, that was everything to me. So in in that time for me, like I'm a little bit older than you. So as I was transitioning from high school to college, hip hop was bleeding over into the mainstream and lost. I mean, that message wasn't there, like on the radio. Right. And as that happened, as hip hop transitioned to, you know, the pop radio format, I lost interest because the voices that I valued the most weren't the ones that were right. being admired and distributed. Um, so that's kind of when I had that falling out, whereas college dropout pulled me back in because it was a voice that was getting back to the roots of what I fell in love with hip hop in the first place. And it was popular enough that people were playing it and listening to it, which gave me hope of like, oh, like maybe there is room like mainstream at large for this sort of a message because this is what hip hop is to me. Yeah. You know? So that's really interesting. I don't think we'd ever talked about that before, but that makes makes some sense. And, you know, I, f- I found Public Enemy well before College Dropout came out mm-hmm. and, and really loved that when I was in middle school. Um, but you, I was never able to connect the dots um, in like 2002 to what Public Enemy was doing to what was on the radio then. Mm-hmm. So, almost set this, so I saw that as, as a very separate thing, right? Yeah. Um, and I will say... Starting with Stink On Yeah, I was a big Outcast fan, and they were, you know, they were talking about some things in an interesting way. But no one pulled together so many different important voices like Kanye did in College Dropout, and I feel like that kind of accelerated my love for rap in a way that that nothing else had before because it felt yeah. so current. That album was so popular, the message was um, so um, important. It was just like the perfect storm of so many great things. Yeah, it, it absolutely a perfect storm is the best way to describe that and I remember so I was I know I've told the story a million times I probably told it on the podcast before about I was hosting a, a hip-hop morning show when I was in college and uh, one of the guys on the show gave me that uh, college drop I was like you need to listen to this it sounds like that weird stuff you listen to um, and man it just pulled me in but so I want to touch on that really quickly because you know we've done a lot of Kanye podcasts this isn't a Kanye podcast but my struggles towards the end of the year were based around that whole concept right because in 2004 Kanye was that voice for me whereas now I feel like I don't know the Trump stuff hit me hard because it's counter to everything that was a big catalyst for me falling in love with Kanye and falling back in love with hip hop in the first place but I'm not probably acknowledging as I should the life and mental health and relationship stuff that Kanye's in the midst of and somebody was pointing out to me the fact that, like, look, you know, our our current president called Kanye jackass. You know what I mean? Like, Kanye's never had, like, a good, solid footing in relationship in terms of uh, a mainstream political figure in that regard. And Trump shares a lot of similarities to Kanye in which maybe there's a way where he's doing some sort of, I don't know. I don't know how coy all this is or how much we should even think about it. But talk me into 
jumping back fully in the front of the Kanye bandwagon. Well, I'm not going to talk you back into it because I, if anything, um, his political activity the last few months has taken the air out of some of the the songs of the mid-2000s that I really cherish. It almost yeah. seems like it invalidates the message, right? I can't argue for, like, falling back in love. Like, that's kind of the... It was... the In, in some of the tweets, like the, the Bill Cosby tweet, some of the um, stuff... I don't know. Some of the some of the weird things he said over the last couple of years has really just kind of put a drag on the music. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think he's going to continue to make great music. He clearly is struggling with a lot of things that we can be empathetic toward. Um, but it's not as... it's It feels much more complicated than putting on the Tribe album. Yeah, I agree. Well, what else do you want to talk about? What else is going on? What's, what's I mean, going I on in your life? It, I, I just think about Drake every day when I get up. <laughs> and I just think... When I think back about 2015, I'm like, that was just Drake's year. I mean, he just he sees the day... He danced charmingly. Is he a pop dance. star for good now, or is he gonna? Is is this eventually gonna wear off? Um, he, he he's dating Jennifer Lopez, so like he's making good career moves. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's crazy how quick the Ariana thing evaporated. Yeah, he's just trying to find love in a hopeless. He's place. literally all of us. You know what I mean? In some ways. Yeah. He's yeah, trying. We have a he lot. He's trying really hard. We have so much in common with Drake when I think back toward our lives and, and yeah. the things that we accomplish. Drake is desperate for love. Yeah. And we all are. Is he desperate for love? Because I've never heard him talk about that on an album. Is that something that he thinks about? Has he... Uh, Does he, he have any about... insecurities? I don't know. He should maybe think about doing a concept album around that. He needs to look sad at a table again. Yeah. When we get back to that, then we can have the title about conversation around Drake again. If you could see one concert in 2017 that's a rap concert, what what is it? Where is it? Whoa. Wow, that's powerful. I want to see Run the Jewels again. Um, I feel like I didn't appreciate them when I saw them a couple years ago. Or I didn't I, – I was – it was kind of sticking my toe in the water, whereas now, like, I'm actually ready to, to take in the performance, you know? Like, I know the songs and – and I know they're they're touring this year, aren't they? Yeah. So, so I mean, so we're gonna go to a baseball game together. Let me ask you on the podcast: Are we gonna go to run the jewels together? Yeah. Where are the where's the tour coming through? I don't know. We don't know. It's not anywhere in Indianapolis. But they said <laughs> of course announce, not. Well, they're gonna announce more dates, and they said oh, we're okay. coming to your city. So um, they're coming to our city. They said we're That's coming what to. They said. they said you're on the internet. So it wasn't that specific. But Does that surprise you that I said run the jewels? Uh, yeah, it surprised me a lot. Because you were very lukewarm when you sold them at South by Southwest. I wasn't lukewarm. I you just, were literally lukewarm. I was sticking you, my toe in the lukewarm water, trying to decide if I want to jump in. Yeah, I jumped in. As someone that loves rap, that loves good rap, that likes ambitious rap, and oddly enough, and it does make sense if you listen to this album and likes Quentin Tarantino movies, mm-hmm. you need to love Run the Jewels. Like you need <laughs> to love them. And I, I, I really like, enjoy Run the Jewels. I I need to hear by the end of the year that you love them. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about you? What's what's on your list? Well, it's Run the Jewels of the Vogue, so you stole my answer. Um, let me think of something else. Um, uh, maybe Little Yachty. I don't You're know. excited about Vince Staples, right? Yeah, I'm try- I think Vince Staples is cool. Um, he would be... You know, we didn't talk about him. He's in an odd position mm-hmm. because when, um, when Summer 06 came out, he was... It was almost like a Schoolboy Q Kendrick thing, where Schoolboy Q comes out with an album first, and he's kind of on par with Kendrick, and then it's like Schoolboy Q kind of has the reins, right? And Vin Staples, when he comes out with Summer, Summertime of Six, 
amazing album. Um, and I can't even get the name right, but a great album. But Chance surpassed that so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like the ball's in his court to prove that he's the next great young rapper. So right. maybe he has a breakout Yeah, it's totally possible. Year. He certainly has the talent. I mean, of what I had seen of Chance before Coloring Book and of what I had seen of Vince Stables before whatever his next album is, there's certainly a lot more to like about Vince Staples. Yeah. But, um, I mean, coming up with the breakthrough album is going to be really hard. He's so clever, though. Yeah, he absolutely is. And that's why I could see him being embraced on a on a larger scale, even if he bristles some people. I think yeah. that's part of it. I think hip-hop needs that, too. Yeah. Like, I love Chance, but, like, you need to kind of, like, unnerve certain people yeah. with hip-hop, you know? I don't know if Chance does that as much. And that's kind of his thing. It's a cool thing that he carved out. It does feel unique. Yeah. Um, other voices are necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And Vince Staples is coming to Indianapolis, so maybe that's your concert of the year. I don't think it would be, but um, I'm certainly looking more f- toward Run the Jewels. And I have not seen Kendrick Lamar since 2013, so I'd really like to see him I'm never, again. When, where did you see him in 2013? I saw him at the White River Lawn what? with Schoolboy Q, with Ab Soul, and then J-Rock came out and did uh, Money Trees with Kendrick. Why wasn't I there? Um, what happened in yeah. my life? And best part of that concert was they did rehearsals for that concert, and they did it um, during... So the White River Lawn is adjacent to the Indianapolis Indians Stadium, mm-hmm. and when they did rehearsals, um, many families in the lawn area complained about the lyrics that they heard. <laughs> of course. It, um, some of the, the best tweets of 2013 were, were people tweeting at the Kendrick Lamar concert. <laughs> or no, at the Indianapolis Indian game that's, about the that's Kendrick incredible. Lamar rehearsal. Welcome to Indianapolis. Well, this has been a fun chat. Is there anything we're missing? I know. I think I, I'm, I'm bummed that we agreed so easily on this one. I am too. <laughs> I still think The Life of Pablo is a more interesting album. Not because it has too many interesting things to say. Production-wise, it was incredible. It's still my favorite album of the year. It was better of it as an album than Color and Book. Um, but Chance just dominated in a way that, that that's it's you can't argue against yeah. it, I don't think. Um, I don't expect him to have the title belt next year. It's kind of wide open, but we'll keep all we'll keep our eye out on on Killer Mike. We'll keep our eye out, out on Vince Staples. Um, clearly, we're in the in the in the tank for uh, Drake, and uh, hopefully, Con- hopefully Kanye bounces back. Yeah, that's our wish. It's coming. That's our it wish will. for twenty seventeen. And you know that we're going to be doing eighteen podcasts about it when it when, <laughs> when the time it happens. Comes. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> All right, Brock, I appreciate it. Always fun to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to uh, the official It's All Dead podcast on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Just pull it up, search It's All Dead, hit subscribe. You'll get every show that we release. You can leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Uh, of course, also go to itsalldead.com to get the latest news, reviews, interviews, all that stuff. Check it out, itsalldead.com. That's it for now. I'm Kyle Hawk. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the It's All Dead podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then visit us at itsalldead.com for the latest music news, reviews, and much more.